okay video coming to you from Calgary, Alberta. I have returned to CB Drive-In and have an updated appraisal. The fries are really solid. Uh, the burger was a bit underwhelming, but I think that's because I didn't trust my gut and go with the chili burger, which was right there on option. It was like two bucks, skip some chili. I went, eh. So I just got the default double burger and didn't insist on any special sauces or anything to have it livened up. Uh, I will say, though, really good prices, given how inflated everything has gotten in recent years. Like uh, six seventy-five for a double burger, pretty good. Uh, I did not try the milkshakes. I just got a Pepsi, but I will return in the future. I'm Nathan Rohr, and I was formerly hypercritical of this establishment because it was presented in the context of slandering Peters. I'm joined, as always, by Ryan McCullough. Hey there, Ryan here. Uh, so I'm guessing I'm the one that... Like, it yeah, it's just like, in- <laughs> Peters, that place garbage. Let's go to CB's drive-in. I, I mean, like, all right, I'm already on the defensive because I really like that place. I know. I, okay, I know you like Peters, but, like, I have – there's an, a rising tide of people in Calgary that are, like, more and more, like, Peters is a big shrug. Yeah, or it's like, oh, it used to be good, but now they freeze their burgers and the ownership change. Sure, and whatever, I'm making the but... argument that I never like them because I don't just want sauce on my burgers. Like I want, oh, I love some barbecue sauce burgers. <laughs> yeah, I, sure, but I want, I want the fixings with it. Like I want the fixings. I think you can add them now. I think they I have more sure. options. But okay, yeah. because before it was like, no, 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 just barbecue sauce, ketchup, and mustard, and relish. But we threw it. an extra patty in for you. Pretty fun, right? Half a patty, actually. Um, wow, yeah. Okay, here's the thing. So, yeah, I've never been a big fan. Uh, my argument has always been, like, a hot dog is something you can eat with just ketchup. A burger is something that needs fixings to be great. Uh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, I I love I love CB, so it makes me happy that you say this. Here's the thing. Don't ever expect the burgers to be great at CB's. They're always kind of underwhelming. But as long as you lock that in as it's like, this is just an okay burger... Then you're okay. like, oh, I'm happy with this okay burger and amazing fries. Like, that's what I go for. So. I, I guess, yeah, I was impressed that the fries were, like, uniformly the same crispiness and everything. Like, there was no, like, yeah. mushy business going on in there. They do the seasoning salt. They're crinkle cut. Yes. Which I guess you don't get crinkle cut a lot of places. So no. it's a little interesting. Um, and honestly, yeah, you'll, you'll go every now and again and I'll get, like, a less overwhelming fries. But... At the end of the day, it's either no matter what, you're either gonna get a a crispy fry or a, a salted like seasoned well fry. Yeah, and I think I should I think I should take Brittany there because they had a bunch of hot dog options. Too, yes, yeah. and she likes a uh, f- fast food hot dog. Their so. <laughs> their menu is a little too expansive for me to dive into anything else. Like it's like they have chicken finger, like they have a lot of things on their menu because mm-hmm. they just like deep fry frozen stuff. So um, oh sure, and and the milkshakes are serviceable. Like they're not bad milkshakes. Because it's just they have a milkshake machine, um, like everybody else does. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Honestly, no, but for me, it's the fries. And the burgers, I think, are, are just good. Like, I like their burgers. I was um, kind of like, is it its proximity to the college you went to was kind of... Yeah, that one. Cements it as a special hangout or something? Oh, absolutely. Well, no, actually, I, I especially love that place. Not a lot of people, when I was at college, wanted to go to, like, Little Caesars down the hill or Subway. There is a little Caesars closer to the college, so yes. I guess it's you know hot and ready is right there. Yeah, but, the yeah. the bigger one that was was the Indian food restaurant on the other side, Puspas, which was a big staple for us. Like twenty years on, I've been going to Puspas pretty re- regularly. Um, okay, it's my favorite Indian food in the city, uh, and yeah, so that was the big staple. Then I just liked CB's, and I got attached to it. There was what it was is I worked a summer as janitor there for four months. 
And oh, okay. uh, that's what I like unhealthily had for lunch every single day to the point where I would see like the one son because the, the guy who used to own it, the dad, he just retired and he sold it to his kids. Um, and I would see the one son and he would just be like, he would know what my order was like. Like, he just knew, like, oh, no relish, right? And I'm like, yeah, no relish. Great. Thank you. Okay. So, anyways. Um, yeah, I'm a it's big... mostly an outdoor establishment, so, like, garbages and picnic table cleaning. Yep. Okay. But I would yeah. just take it back to the, the college most of the time, I, or eat it in the car. Okay. Kind of thing. But anyways. Uh, hey, I'm so pumped that you, like, that you kind of, like, got a reappraisal in and appreciate it. it. Yeah, it's been years, so I just, you know, got a f- fresh mental restart. And, well, <laughs> you know, it came, it came through for me at a time when I was pretty hungry and needed some lunch. So. Yeah, well, and at the same time, like, in when we, in our younger years of hanging out, you and I would be very de- divisive to each other. Like, intentionally almost sabotage each other's opinions on things. Because we'd be like, oh, no, no, you should like this movie because it's better than that movie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I have and to put like, down this other thing in order to stomp on it. Anyways, and, so, and we would do this all the time. Like, we would do this. So, the fact that I sold you on CBs by, like, oh, it's it makes, like, it Peter's is trash go to CBs. Like, that type I of mean, thing. I mean, yeah, the fries at Peter's, it was just you'd get quantity. It's just like, <laughs> I just want, like, a CFL football size thing of fries. But I guess, it's like, like, are they any good? But that's you the, get, that's you the get same three argument. pounds of potatoes. That's the same argument they make for Five Guys, and I'm just, I'm done. Like I just, I'm, I'm good. I want a quality fry over top of a. Qual- we we do like the Cajun seasoned fries at at Five Guys. Like I guess okay. I'd probably compare these favorably to each other in in a way like they're going for the same seasoned salt sort of thing. Yeah, but one is but. significantly cheaper than Five Guys is like twenty five dollar per person bill. <sighs> Actually, yeah, that that that's the thing. You get the sticker shock a little bit every time at Five Guys. It's like, I just got a burger, a drink, and some fries. How is this like twenty dollars? <laughs> yeah, like, it's crazy. I don't. Uh, they tricked you. Whereas yeah. here, it's like thirteen bucks. I was like, all right, that's like what it used to cost at like McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thirteen okay. bucks. That actually no, because I, I always get the master, which is the double patty with fries yeah. and drink combo, and I think it's eleven ninety five. So plus tax would make it around, yeah, like yeah, thirteen yeah. bucks. I like it's super rare these days where I'm like pleasantly surprised at a, the ring up. It's like yeah. wow, this is way more than it used to be. Like this is a terrible yeah. burger at McDonald's, and somehow we're out a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah, I think like the quarter pounder meal at McDonald's is like a twelve dollar meal now, and it's like, yeah. oh, if I'm gonna spend twelve bucks, I might as well go to a place I like. The go to a of. real burger place and that's local. Yeah. Like I like that it's local. It's always been local too. So, yeah. anyways, hey, yeah. I'm very happy, but we are not a fast food or drive-through food podcast. We're a movie podcast, Nathan, and that's yeah. what we're here to talk about. As always, I'm Ryan, and this is Nathan. I wonder if you go back, like, how many of our intros are food-related, though. <laughs> well, because we always try to talk about Calgary, so... so it's like local eateries yeah. comes up, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll have to... I'll go well, and, and, all fairness, and then we'll talk about that. You always pick the, like, because you're doing the intro, you always pick the topic, and I think you like to eat locally intentionally. Sure. So, it's like, yeah. It's my what, fault. What know. else is... No, no, I'm but okay, what else is there to... pivot us into restaurant talks. So. But I think like, I like not talking about movies right off the bat, because I also like my line delivery of, like, we're not a something podcast. hey stop stop with this other stuff where it's time to get serious about the marine <laughs> um <laughs> the war-torn world of the marine a movie made in 2004 but released in 2006 uh it cost a reasonable 15 million dollars but only managed 22 million uh total return so yeah uh it was directed by the mysterious john benito 
a man with no Wikipedia page to his name. No, but I, but I, I can tell you who he is. Great. I will we'll find out in just a second. Uh, it was written by Michelle Gallagher and Alan B. McElroy of, like, Halloween 4 fame. That's how he got in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it came out just in time for Halloween, October 13th, 2006. But before we continue, Ryan will tell us what this story entails. For sure. <clears throat> Ready? Yeah. John Rambo is a soldier abandoned by his country. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I got that wrong. It's the wrong John. Okay, I'll try- let me try again, okay? John Matrix is a commando abandoned by his country when his daughter is kidnapped by... Oh, shoot, sorry. Okay. Wrong John again. Okay, one sec. Let me... Alright, I think I got it this time. John Triton is a Marine abandoned by his country. When his wife gets kidnapped by some criminals on the run, John must use his special skill set to rescue his wife and bring these criminals to justice. John Cena is the Marine. Definitely uh, real similarities to both of these other characters you mentioned. <laughs> like, even his war paint looks a lot like John Matrix oh, at one point. And he does a yell with, like, a giant machine gun at one point early on. So you're just like, ah, I see. No, Rambo. honestly, <laughs> I could have included, like, I was thinking in my brain, I could, like, I, w- I wanted to include John McClane and John Spartan as well. But I was like, well, those are both cops. And, like, John McClane is not really abandoned by the police force. John Spartan is, but it doesn't yeah. quite work. But they're, they're like, the WWE is like, this is an action archetype. And we're going to make the most action archetype movie. Yeah, yeah, and I, like, I I guess I have simple tastes or something, like, I'm a pretty low-collar guy or whatever, I was like, yeah, this is fine, this is fun, and then I looked up, it's like, oh, this has a dismal Rotten Tomatoes rating, people made fun of this movie, yeah. 4.7 IMDb, this is just garbage, and I was like, I guess I like eating garbage, I don't know, because <laughs> no, I had a Nathan, pretty I good don't... moment. I don't get. The, I think it's because it's not cool to like WWE, or maybe because it spun off like six movies. But yeah. like this movie's fun. This movie is just a fun, silly, yeah, quick movie. Like ninety. I, I'm, I am really liking the WWE running times of like <laughs> it's like eighty minutes, like eighty minutes, and then credits. You know, yeah. don't you don't don't even need to worry about the rest of your day. It's just gonna be a little thing. <laughs> And you go, Heh. and then like have it with some dinner, yeah. watch this thing, and then move on. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, like pr- pretty quickly, I was I was getting on board with like when his his like eyes light up when he sees terrorists. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a shot of his eyeball just kind of like the dilating or something as he's like, oh, there's terror going on in there. I gotta deal with this. And then he gets the word on his his intercom. It's like, whoa, 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 hey. The rescue team is coming. You're supposed to stand down. And he says, there's no time. And he jumps in, starts shooting all these terrorists, get rescues all of his squad. But as soon as he did that, I was like, he disobeyed a direct order. Like, you can't do that. Like, yeah, that's all not, of these you movies, can't do that. All yeah. of these movies start with, like, either somebody's being disavowed or dishonorably discharged or something. Like, they have to sure. be abandoned by their country. <laughs> yeah. Although the very first bit is like this crazy looking background and him in full like uniform <laughs> saluting, saluting as the title appears. I, know. I was like, what is this? <laughs> this is like Patton or something. This looks so good. And yeah, I, I don't know. So I guess I was already on board before we even got to the No, the silliness. Oh, yeah, the silliness is peak. So the director of this movie is a WWE 
TV guy. Okay. Like, he directs segments for the TV show, like, backstage segments, vignettes, Uh and stuff like that. So this was, There is some, like, haphazard editing going on at times in this. Oh, 100%. There's a scene early on, allegedly shot in Calgary, where Uh, Robert Patrick is walking down the street. We're we're hanging out with John Cena in the Middle East. He then gets, like, he saves all of his crew and kills all the terrorists, but because he disobeyed a direct order... He gets dishonorably discharged. Yeah, and his his commander is really like, man, you were so great, but I can't do anything about this. Like, you're one of the best Marines I've ever seen with my eyes, but you need to. You, unfortunately, you got you got to go. Like, yeah. you know, hold and your head high, though. You know, we cut to uh, what we soon find out is a diamond heist scene, but we cut to Robert Patrick hanging out on a busy downtown street corner yeah. as he goes in and starts I, this diamond heist. I love this scene because it is completely not apparent it is a diamond heist for, like, a long time. So it's just like, what are we doing? Like, the, the camera's just loving Robert Patrick and well, there's, like, music playing. Well, and it keeps, like, playing. randomly cutting to people that they've not established in the slightest just doing random things. Like, yeah, just hanging out. Yeah, it's just, like, swinging around. It's like, it's like, what is happening? Like, he's just here. And it's like, oh, I see. It's a jewelry place. Now I know what's going on. Like forty seconds into the scene, it was yeah. so great. It was like <laughs> so not this... quite how you do it, but I was at least excited about yeah. how weird it was being. So most of this movie was filmed in Australia, in Brisbane, and outside of Brisbane. And Queensland, I think, is credited. Yeah, yeah, in Brisbane, I think it's in Queensland. Queensland's like okay, a, okay. a is like a state. Um, but this sequence, this one sequence, this one downtown street sequence, was filmed. Right here, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I kind of want to find this street just to like, because it has a weird colored door and everything. There's yeah. like a yellow building. I don't know. It's just uh, for me. It was like the car explosion. I was like, this was like 2004. I would as I was fully aware when Exit Wounds was filming here, and like the one was filming here at one point too, like the Jet Li movie with the one. Really? Okay. Uh, That's a fun movie. And I was like. Why did I not know that they were filming a, like, giant action sequence downtown where they're blowing up vehicles? Like, I feel like I would have, that would have been right in my, like, wheelhouse of, like, Ryan, this is important to you. Uh, yeah, this is such a messy heist. Like, initially, it's like, okay, this is going okay. Like, he threatened a person, and then they opened the door. But it's like, oh, they were a conspirator. Like, she was in on the thing. It's like, all right, kind of weird. But, like, I guess it's like, I didn't even need to threaten a real like a civilian this was all part of the scheme and then the guy kind of makes an offhand comment about like oh he's in on it too like he, he's the guy that tipped them off that there was this big shipment <laughs> yeah. of diamonds or whatever but he's like hey you gotta beat me up or else it won't look real and then robert patrick just shoots him in the face. <laughs> yeah. shoots, him. shoots him i thought in the face but that, later it's like no. they show his head and it's yeah. like no he's fine it must have been the heart or something yeah. but it's just like huh, that's real and then they, they leave and it's like what are you doing and then he walks like coolly to his car, but then pulls out like a rifle and just starts shooting at cops. And like, yeah, he does. All like, right, we are not trying heat. to be low key. Well, they do the the heat moment where yeah, the cops are coming around the corner. Like it spills out into the street. He yeah. could he could just get in his car and drive away, but then he just grabs assault rifle. I think it's an M15 and just starts doing like walking towards the police car like they do in Heat and blowing up the engine and stuff like that. Yeah, and then another guy's like, "Oh, I have a genius idea. I have a rocket launcher." 
yeah, like so we get introduced to Morgan, who is just like, all right, I had a rocket launcher in this bag this whole time. <laughs> Blows up the car. As Robert like, Patrick gets to like coolly walk away from uh, like an turn explosion. From the heat with his jacket flying out and everything. With, yeah. In slow motion. But here's the thing. This is my favorite part of this entire shot, which is like, oh, you can tell they only did this in one take because they only had one take. Because as he's walking away in slow motion and the car lands behind him like in a crash, yeah. he blinks hard. <laughs> You like well, it's, it's scary. Yeah. I know, but like that's why you film separately so that way the actor doesn't blink when an explosion goes off. Like you don't see Denzel blinking when the ship blows up behind him in an equalizer because that would be like, mm. oh, like that would be lame. I guess, yeah. Robert Patrick, he's a bad like, guy, so it's okay if he's got a little bit of a falter. But the the way this movie is filming him is like, oh, is this guy the bad guy? Like they're filming him really cool, like already. Yeah, they're just like this guy's really dope, right? And th- there, there was like a fun line read too, where he like shoots someone, right? Or he, like, no, he pulls out his gun and fires, and it's just like everybody down. Like he just kind of assumes, <laughs> yeah. like obviously this is a heist. Everybody start doing the thing. Yeah. But it's I don't know. No, little things he's doing are pretty fun. Oh, his line I, reads... I just like seeing him in a full villain role again. Like, That's what I mean. Like his line reads though. Like, but it's a different time. Like I feel like he. He could have shown up and been, like, cold and steely like he does really well. We've seen him do this with T-1000. Yeah. Um, but, like, instead, like, he has these line reads that are really playful and fun, but they're menacing because he's a Yeah, he's got he's a, a bit of guy. sass to him in this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, right off the bat, I'm like, oh, okay. Clear winner. Like, this is, I'm walking into the MVP race. So, <laughs> it's not going to be a shocker when we get down to that final, final spot. Um... So yeah, so the villains they get off with a bunch of diamonds, um, and then we get introduced to John Cena's and life. Yeah. Meanwhile, like John Triton is just kind of working this security job. Well, no, with first, first and, he's like yeah. hanging out on bed with his wife, and he's fully like just in his underwear. So we get to see John Cena shirtless. And yeah, see how ripped he is. Uh, yeah, like once he gets home from the war, it's just like, all right, we're just having sex in the kitchen. Yeah, we're boning nonstop type of thing. <laughs> yeah. But in the middle of boning, they stop to have a conversation about like what his future holds and he's like all i know is fighting and killing people like i am a marine what else is there and like he says this to his wife like being like i don't want to be here with you i would much rather be out there risking my life because that's and killing people that's as what he looks supposed at his wife. to do yeah <laughs> as he looks at his wife who's like clearly like yeah but i want to hang out with you and have you here but he's yeah, just like, it's, no. it's almost like he surprised her when he came back like he didn't phone because he was embarrassed <laughs> or something it's yeah. like I I can't war anymore. They won't let me. <laughs> they won't like, let oh. me war anymore. Um, so yeah, then they start boning, and then he starts his next day at his new job as a like downtown business building security guard type of thing with his buddy who mm-hmm. uh, is a li- who the show makes jokes that he's overweight. But I'm looking at this guy and be like, I mean, because he's standing next to Cena, I'm like, yeah, that guy's not fit like Cena is, but this guy's not. I think he's just a bit round-faced in general. Yeah, he's slim, but his face has a roundness to it. Yeah, it's just his face. That betrays his, like, when he stood up, I was like, oh, that guy doesn't even have a gut. Like, there's no, he's pretty flat body. The people saying that, though, are just these, this jerk business bro guy and his cronies, (laughs) which are such great, like, dumb little antagonists for this security situation of just like, no, I am here to verbally abuse my ex-girlfriend here in this building, and there's nothing you can do about it, meathead. And it's just like, alright, well, I'm gonna have to beat you up now. (laughs) But then, like, takes him out, then this guy ends up having two security bros himself, Yeah, and then 
it like creates this giant like even though they're kicking him out and he's like his buddy's like hey we can just we'll just let them go okay like it's this is not our job to like tell them off or hurt them it's just to get them out of here yeah and then his buddy's just like and then they say something as they're leaving and his buddy's like all right cool let's do it and then they no, go yeah, beat him up. There, there's like a turn in the it's like there, there are times when you need to just de-escalate things and talk it through and then he said he like insults him or whatever and it's like but this is not one of those guys <laughs> punch and then it's like what and then they <laughs> destroy like the main waiting area of this building like yeah absolutely destroy it like it's like oh that's a lot of property damage for like the couch scuffle. the table a wall and then a me- like the glass for the front building like, like the exterior of the building <laughs> just gets smashed open and it's like and then the guy right. this yutz stands yeah. yutz bro stands up and he's like you know what? Like, hey, uh, you better watch yourself because tomorrow I'm gonna own this building, and you better not be late because then you're you're fired. <laughs> you're just like this is funny. I liked another piece of his dialogue there because it's like weirdly true. It's just like, hey, I don't know how, but somebody filmed this just now, and it, it's gonna be all over the place tomorrow, and then you're gonna be in trouble. And it's just like, yeah, apparently the TMZ style, like somebody was just there ready, <laughs> and there's totally footage of this throw. And then it's on the news. So. And then, yeah, so then John Cena loses his job first day. I, it's like he assumes he will lose his job. Like, they don't even really get to a scene with a boss or anything. It's just him and his buddy go out for some Millers, and they're just like, yeah, that's definitely not going to go well tomorrow. And then he goes home and doesn't want to talk about it. It's on the news. And it's just like, hey, let's just be impulsive and go on a vacation. And it's like, all right. Like, like, whatever. I'll just drop all of this and ghost this job because, eh. And <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens. So, and yeah, this whole time I was like, how is this going to cross paths with this, like, totally separate diamond crew? Yeah, because while, while John Cena's life is happening, we keep cutting to um, Robert Patrick's crew as they try to escape and meet up with their dealer, part, silent partner with the diamonds but then, like, making choices to, like, oh, they're going to double-cross this person. But we have a, we spend a lot of time with just Robert Patrick and his crew as yeah. getting to know each of them as characters. Like, not two-dimensional thugs, but, like, they all have their third dimension, including uh, Morgan. Did you say his name was? Morgan has a weird extra bit of just, like, this dark backstory about rock candy and getting molested yeah. at summer camp or something. It's but, just like, like, just... we Well, we don't even find out about that. We just find out his story about, like... He hates rock candy. Like, right off the bat, he just hates rock candy. Yeah. And then Morgan we find has out- a really weird scene early where he goes to this, like, car dealer that they know, like, who provides clean vehicles for them or whatever. Yeah. And the guy tries to sell him on, like, no, man, you got to have this 90s minivan. It's the lowest key vehicle. Like, it's a perfect getaway vehicle. And it's like, man, I can't drive a minivan. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then... He breaks the fourth wall and just looks right at us after he sees a Cadillac and then it's just like, mm? and then drives away in the Cadillac and you're like, what? He just looked at the audience like, what is going he on? Did but straight look at the audience, which should tell you right off the bat, like this movie understands exactly what it's doing. It's not taking itself yeah. seriously. And you, if you are sitting there taking this seriously... You gotta, you gotta change your attitude. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah this is a goofy time. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and it never gets really that dark. Like I think it's still PG thirteen somehow. It is. There's is an it... unrated cut which I've read online. It I thought it added more violence. Like it because there's a lot of kills. There's a lot of gun bullets going through people. 
but very yeah. little like violent blood and and here there's a lot of edits away like it'll yes. be like you know like uh triton comes up with his knife and it's like oh and then it cuts to a beer yeah like, that literally happens at one point so uh i was looking at the comparisons and i it doesn't look like it edits in violence it just edits in these weird like extra deleted scenes or like cursing or something like that yeah like i know the fighting the fight scene at the end gets extended by a little bit but i was like expecting like like expendable style just cg blood everywhere type of thing to like make up for its pg-13 to be like hey guys look we're hard and then just cg blood everywhere okay okay um but that's not what doesn't look like that's what happens but i mean there there is a bit at the very end that was like that's just inherently insanely violent looking but it's so quick that it's like all right i guess pg-13 like the mpaa just kind of went eh whatever um (laughs) mpaa was probably like hey if people make it this far good for them like or something like some attitude that they had in 2006 of like this was a hot trash movie or something okay yeah so right we have our diamond crew and their cadillac heading out and then there's this insane like little situation at this gas station that escalates for no reason like it's just like these are the most like skittery jittery criminals that can't handle proximity to the law without yeah, breaking so, so this is where robert Pasher's crew comes across John Triton and his wife, because they're both getting gas at the same random... At this weird, mazy, yeah, in like, North, fake gas station. North Carolina or some nonsense. And then uprides a highway patrol car in, like, a late 90s Camaro. Like, not even, a like, a newer Camaro. But it's, like, this cop car was, like... No, it's a Camaro. It was a Camaro. Like, this was... Oh, okay. A Chevy Camaro. Like, it was weird to see a cop car in this shape of a body. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's a little sportier than it should be for a cop car. And yeah. it has a goofy sticker on the back that says, like, drug dealers paid for this or something. <laughs> it's like, all right, it's kind of weird, but sure. Uh, and then, yeah, these cops are just like, it's, they start off by making casual conversation with uh, Robert Patrick pumping gas. And Robert Patrick is just acting super sus. Like, super, <laughs> every question he's like, what las vegas uh, what uh, um no what was that uh we're just uh you know going to the place where we go nothing don't worry about it like you know it's just like <laughs> acting no like, red flags all over the place this guy's a hardened like, criminal like how does he make not... eye contact and fill up your car and don't worry about it and like you know his his partner could just buy the doritos like everybody just play it cool <laughs> But nobody is capable of playing it cool, <laughs> least of all Morgan. Because well, even inside the inside the shop, these other criminals are just standing by the window, staring out the window at this interaction, and you're just like, oh, oh, there's what? cops out there, dude. We're, we're criminals. We're going to get in trouble. And it's yeah. just like, but like, these guys are career criminals. Do you think they would have run into cops at some point? Or they're just the first interaction they've ever had with the law? Like, it's, Oh, it's so, it's so janky. Yeah. Like... Uh, to be fair, the movie at one point has a detective say like, "Oh, they're real sloppy. Like these are garbage criminals." And it's like, <laughs> "You're th- there's like character reasons why he's being extra crime, cri- like you know, critical of them specifically." But in the moment too, it's just like, "Yeah, no, these guys are not great at this." <laughs> yeah, like that jewelry shop guarantee you had cameras everywhere, and here they are just like they're not wearing masks or anything. <laughs> they're just like, "Whatever, we'll just deal with it." Yeah. So so this cop very quickly figures out that something's up. He tries to pull his service uh revolver and then just gets blown away 
uh, and they're caught. Well, Morgan is the guy that comes up first. Like, he comes up That's behind right. him, and, like, Robert Patrick can see him and just goes, like, oh, all right. Because his gun's already out, and yeah. it's just like, Morgan is just going to escalate this, so whatever. And he shoots the first cop right in the back of the head, and then he has the ex- shooting exchange with the guy in the driver's seat yeah. of the Camaro. Uh, who at that point, I guess, was like writing notes and they're all just assuming those notes are about them. Well, <laughs> like, I think there was an implication at one point because there's a shot of the of the license plate and then the cop writing stuff down that they were yeah. writing, like, like taking mm, notes. Something weird about these guys. Just going to look yeah. into it. Yeah. And so there's a big shootout, including the clerk. Does the clerk get killed? Clerk gets killed by yeah. Bennett or something. And yeah. then John Cena's in the shop right now. He sees this stuff happening and he's fearful for his wife. So he goes running to the door and then they, instead of killing him, they club him in the face with a uh, fire extinguisher and yeah. knock him out. Then they steal his wife. And right. Cause in the shootout, like both of those vehicles are pretty damaged up or whatever. Which, well, also the sports car can't carry five people. So. Yeah. The cop car can't carry five people. Their main car, their Lincoln gets blown up, like shot up by the police. And then they see, oh, look, there's this extra car. We'll just take this one. John Triton's wife is inside, and they're like, let's keep her for hostage. Yeah. And they start and that, driving and away. And that thin justification for why she is there for the rest of this movie is ever-present. And <laughs> just... uh, then something happens that happens twice in this movie that I want to talk about because there's another movie that something lesser than this happens in in which everyone, like, rags on this one thing in this movie. John, So as they're leaving... They uh, pull out the pump and, like, start pumping gas just to, like, get gas going everywhere. And then he throws a match or... or a, no, he, sh- he shoots he the shoots gas the trail. Gun. Yeah. And yeah. John Cena is, like, slowly waking up to his wife being screaming and stuff like that. And he finally gets up. And then the gas station explodes. But it explodes in his face and blows yeah. him backwards. Yeah. And he fully walks up and walks away from it, right? Uh, this happens one of several gigantic explosions in this movie that he is really close to he, yeah. he, no and the camera even slow-mos and shows you like the f- ball of fire is like, inches away from his face but i guess since it's not on his face he's fine right because that's how flames work um yeah. it's a cushion of air pushes him <laughs> yeah soft, through the a air. soft cushion of air saved him from the fire right from the fire yeah. um this happens in another movie uh the batman and everyone was like, this This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, that guy had, like, armor. He had, like, an inch, a couple inches of skin exposed. And everyone's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Here we got John Cena. And this happens to him twice in this movie. So it's twice okay. in one day. To be fair, this is a 17% Rotten Tomatoes, like, <laughs> hated movie yeah. compared to, like, is this the greatest movie? Like, 8.0, whatever. <laughs> so I, I, in a movie that's that grounded it's it's weirder. I, I I'm not I'm not convinced. I just watched the Batman again. I'm not convinced it's a grounded movie at all. I think it's like a movie where a person can swing around from rafters and have ninja fights with people above yeah. arena and then take multiple shotgun shots to the chest and still keep going. He's got that body armor though. No, I know. I'm saying some fun body a, armor in this movie too. It's a grounded <laughs> Batman movie, but it's not like a Nolan movie where it's just a dude in a suit. Like this okay. is like a superhero film that's like gritty. But anyways. John Triton takes a blast to the face, but that won't stop him. He gets up, jumps into that police car, which I swore we had a shot of the tires being blown out. But I was like, maybe that was the Lincoln. 
but in I the... think it was the other car, and okay. then there's just a silent justification of it's like, well, we obviously can't all fit in this little car, so we need to take this okay. truck. Yeah. Uh, but this car has been blown up. Like it has already has like a bazillion bullets to it, and <laughs> he gets in, grabs. It, it, compared to what is about to happen, uh, it I has was, like that's 10 why I, I want to set the scene it. though before yeah. we get into it. So he gets in, he grabs the police staff arm baton thing and pushes out the glass so you can see through because it's riddled with bullet holes bullets yeah and he starts just like he's on the run like he is gonna he's back into like this is my life like this is all i've ever wanted in my life is to be a marine is and to now combat. i have that and i can't yeah. fight for my country so i'm gonna fight for my wife like that's like yep. he's back into it mm-hmm. and full john triton mode and then he starts catching up these guys and these guys are just like laughing having a good time thinking they got away like We'll ditch this car at some point, stuff like that. And then all the while, we cut back to John Triton. He's just, like, burning rubber through all these cars to find these guys. Yeah. And he finally and catches he calls up. it in, too, like, immediately. He yeah. gets on the cop radio and is just like, this is John Triton. Uh, my wife has been kidnapped. No, he ends it with saying that. It's yeah, he's like, like, this is John Triton. A... I'm a Marine from the U.S. Army. Uh, there was an explosion thing. My wife's been kidnapped. Plunk, and then it's just officers, officers down or whatever, yeah. and it's just like there's there's a hostage. It's my wife. Click, <laughs> and it's like all right. Well, he's on the trail. He's on the trail, <laughs> and he finally catches up to them. And like Nathan referenced, they just start to continue to riddle this car with it's more beautiful. and it's more so, bullets. So good, because yeah, they have multiple automatic weapons. Like Bennett starts sh- like empties a clip into the car. Morgan empties a clip into the car. Like. I, there's a moment in this though where I was just like, "This is insane!" Like how he has there's a giant windshield, like open hole on this thing that could just kill him, and he uses a body like yeah. armor as like a shield. Yeah. Like he just holds up a bulletproof vest and goes and like deflects all these bullets. And I'm like, that's so perfect! Oh my god! Uh, so, which is he, great because meanwhile no... it's like, how good is this car that it can just take <laughs> bullets right to the engine the, and just the not hood is matter. coming off. The hood fully comes off one point. The front, like, bumper, bumper. comes off. Like, yeah. there's not a single bullet going into any, like, critical functions of this car. Like, this engine block is 12-inch steel. Like, it is the thickest thing. Like, no bullet can ever grace it. These tires are not even, not rubber, like, air-filled tires. They're clearly concrete slabs like because they're or something. Yeah, not exploding. And he is just... And then my favorite line in the whole movie, the thing I think I've told you about every time I've ever talked about this movie with you, happens in this car chase scene. Because Morgan, oh. he's looking out after they, they empty all these bullets, and they're like, man, this guy's the Terminator or something like that. And then yeah, we cut I, I to, rolled it back to watch it again. It's, it's just like, man, this guy just keeps coming. He's like the Terminator. Cut to Robert Patrick in the mirror, just like, and then there's a music note. It's like... All right, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I, all I wanted, and I was like, this is, maybe they couldn't get the rights for something like that. All they had to do is, dun-dun, like, you know, like, all they had to do is two notes. Not the whole thing, but go, dun-dun, you know, or yeah. something, just to kind of, like, cue it up. But Like a bigger wink than we got, even. Or just, but, yeah, because yeah. they've done this before, where it's like, just give me give me a musical reference to go along with this, like, Terminator stare down type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I... Love. I when I first saw this in 2006, I wasn't as enthralled with the movie then as I am becoming more now. But that was mm-hmm. by far. I was like, this movie is great. They just this gave me this moment. They keep breaking this fourth wall and telling the audience, guess what, guys? We know. Wink, wink. We know. 
earlier there, like right when Robert Patrick is first introduced, like, okay, there's a brief like IMDb note about like Al Pacino was supposed to be in this movie. <laughs> like he what? was gonna, yeah, he was gonna be the Robert Patrick part, like okay. the villain. And the first scene with him and his like one of his cohorts is him doing this terrible like Scarface impression, and Robert <laughs> Patrick just being like, "That's terrible." And then he gets out of the car. And just like, and he why gets are they, like, joking it. about Al Pacino? No, in this the scene movie? for an eighty-five minute movie. The amount of time we got to spend in this scene because the guy just does the time with these criminals. He does yeah. the Scarface. Like he does a full like few sentences with Scarface, and then mm-hmm. he's like, "What was that?" He's like, "Oh, you know, like you know Tony from Scarface." He's like, Tony "Oh, Montana. okay, do it, one more, do it for me again." And then he does it again, and then he's like, "That was terrible, man." <laughs> That's and then you're terrible. like, "What?" This made it? <laughs> it is these goofing criminals. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want these guys to die. They're kind of comical. Like, I They're could do funny. a prequel yeah. movie with just these guys hanging out with this crew. So. <laughs> oh, but okay. So absurd car chase happens. I, I just briefly want to touch on like, there's a moment with the cop that had been shot where they just have to establish like, John Triton isn't crazy. Like, the, he makes sure this guy's okay and like <laughs> calls it in or something. Like, it's just like, oh oh no and he's got like a bulletproof vest but like one bullet hit somewhere so it's yeah, like yeah. keep pressure on that i have to take your car <laughs> and then like drives away but it's like and then later there's dialogue of just like yeah one uh cop was critically wounded like he survived yeah like john triton isn't just like a vigilante crazy like stealing stuff yes to do this so uh, but we get we get introduced to this kind of other detective character yeah so this Buren, i think this car yeah. ends they get away with his wife John Triton is foiled for the time being. And then, we, yeah, we get introduced to the police force connected to this entire event type of thing. Although, briefly, we need to talk about how they dispatch this car is so great, over-the-top, sleight-of-hand craziness. Because it's also, it's a bit like John Matrix logic. Like, at the end of that movie, when he's just, like, blowing up buildings and wrecking everything. It's just like... How do you know your daughter's not in one of those buildings? It's just like I, a father knows. There's no, don't worry about it. Uh, he is just careening towards their vehicle in this car, and he's just gonna smash into them. Like he's just gonna kill them, I guess. But it's like his wife is in the vehicle. Like I don't know what the hope is here. But then they manage to like finally hit a tire or something, so he spins up and ramps off the front of their vehicle. Yeah, and in midair. All of them, like, wanted style, shoot the hell out of this car, and it yeah. starts exploding. But it's, it's like, blocking their view of John Cena, and John Cena falls out of the car, <laughs> off a cliff, into the water, and you're just like, all right, I guess he's fine, and they didn't see him. The staging, so perfect. The staging of this scene is so perfect, because yeah. as you watch it, they're just like they spend meticulous time in slow mo showing you the audience. Hey guys, look, John Cena, he fell out there. Oh, stop! But the criminals don't notice because look, this angle over the here. The car and is then, blocking them. You know, while we do all the things, and you're just like, good for you guys, John and Cena. And there's fall- a gigantic explosion before this car goes into the water. So obviously, everybody present would be like, "Well, that guy's dead," <laughs> and then they walk away. <laughs> John Cena falling out of this car, jumping on this car, is one of the funniest, like, two-second shots of just, like, that's how is – that person's just going to – yeah, he's just going to jump out of that car. That's – all right, cool. It's yeah. so silly. It almost forecasts, like, kind of where Fast and Furious goes in terms of just, like, 
oh whatever there's water or yeah something. when john like, cena shows up into the fast and furious franchise himself yeah 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 I hope he has similar death-defying business because, yeah, it's just like, oh, whatever. Like, that car cushioned his fall. Like, like little bits of non-logic like that. Yeah. Like, he just falls off. He's like, oh, he wasn't in that explosion, so he's fine. Yeah. And then he just walks out of the forest to this detective and it's like – and this was – at this in this moment, I was just like, this is such a weird situation. I don't get what's going on, but it seems like this detective is just like – yeah, we're not – the justice asks slow. Like, the cops aren't going to be able to do this. You go ahead and vigilante it up. Like, I'm okay well, with Well, at it. this point, like, I think the cop, if I was to follow in-film logic, yeah. the cop is like, you've done nothing wrong, so I can't stop you from the things you might be doing wrong because that's pre-crime or something like nonsense like that. Like, well, yeah, he kind of is like, hey, I know these guys. These are dangerous guys. Like, you're going to not want to do this. And it's just like, hey, I don't have a choice here. i got to go rescue my wife. It's just like – all right, well, and then he kind of lets it happen. Yeah. And then calls in like, yeah, Spartan's probably, or Triton's probably dead (laughs) or whatever, like to his, his uh, other cops. And it's like, why is he kind of covering for him? Like what's going on? Especially when you find out the reveal later, there does, this this almost doesn't make sense unless he's also trying to like. Yeah. I, I found a way where in my brain where I think it makes sense, but in the moment I was just like, this is really cool. Like this cop is just like, Hey, we got red tape. I, these guys suck. You go get them. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> so the, um, yeah, th- then we get our kind of walking through the swamps. Yeah. And then stuff because we can't have John Spartan complete, like always Triton. facing these bad. I did it too. But yeah. Okay, we can't get John Cena constantly fighting these bad guys and and then winning. So we're just going to introduce random new bad guys for John Cena to have to fight. That does happen, yeah. Uh, I think after... Right. For no reason, Robert Patrick just decides to shoot one of his own guys. Uh, And it's not Morgan who has escalated two situations to insane danger levels. Well, and it's over the fact that Morgan does escalate things. And one guy reasonably says, man, if anyone escalates anything, it's you, Morgan. Like, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in. And he's like, wait, say that again. And, like, pulls a gun on him. And then it's like, hey, nobody shoots anyone unless I give the go-ahead. And then Robert Patrick shoots the other guy. And it's like, what was that? The go-ahead. And it's like, okay, what? like, the reasonablest. Like, the guy who's just, like... Morgan's causing us problems. We should stop him. And it's like, boom, dead. You're like, I think it's what? the Al Pacino guy. Like it's the guy yeah. who was doing that bit. And then his giant knife is just there. Yeah. <laughs> and they walk on. And I was like, all right, well, John Cena is going to get that knife. Like yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and sure enough. Yeah. He comes upon the trail later after the gators have just eaten this guy uh and grabs that knife and then you just get tons of footage of john cena and like blue jeans and a gray shirt just running through a forest with a big knife okay so so i like john cena i like look at his body and i'm like this guy's fit he's got the largest hands i've ever seen in a human being for his size his mitts are massive his run is so hilariously awkward looking because he's doing like the full finger cut but his lower body is smaller than his upper body and he just looks so awkward running so stiffly through the woods that i just can't help but like this is so funny to look at right now the thing i was marveling at is how like baggy his pants were (laughs) (laughs) this thing is like he still had to be like he's a marine yes but like him wearing his giant 
um, what are they called? Dockers? His boots. Oh, like okay, the, yeah. Him wearing those and, like, those jeans were, like, his staple look in WWE as, like... So, he's the, um, the doctor of thug- Thugonomics. That's what? his, like... That was his, like... So, when that John Cena broke big... at the time? Yeah. When John Cena broke big, he broke on this, like, white boy rapper motif where he'd show up and drop, like, these, um, improv lines. Like, you'd do, like, uh... What's it called? What's it called when they do improv lines? Eminem did this all the time. Freestyle? Yeah, freestyle. Thank you. Jeez, my brain. Okay, yeah. So he'd do these freestyle raps around anything and all things. And this is how we broke big in the WWE was this, the John Cena, the doctor, Thugonomics, his like whole thing, like his big move was called the, the FU. Uh, he had the five knuckle shuffle, which was like references to like masturbation. Like this is what he was about. He released a rap album. Like he has, a, like WWE has a rap album where John Cena's rapping on it. The whole album. Okay. It's like yeah. a full 12 track album. Um, anyways, and then this came out of the peak of that. So like him, which kind of like worked well because in the WWE, they, they went into this PG era where they couldn't say like F you or make masturbation jokes or anything like that. They like, so his five knuckle shuffle became like, you can't see me. Yeah. In his front of his face. And the F U became the, uh, F five. And kind of more army based, like they kind of, kind of censored it down a little bit. Yeah, because he also it. became huge with kids. Like John yeah. Cena is massive with children, uh, and so the Marine kind of was like leaning into that, like era of John Cena, of like the okay. clean cut, more like household friendly guy than he was when he first started. Do you think that might have accounted for some of the delay of the movie? Because it's like 2004, he was thugonomics, and then they moved into like, ah, he's really catching on with younger people. How how do we want to pitch this? Like, should this be a lower rated movie? Or It's possible. I mean, I don't know the inner workings of all these things, but it's very possible in my mind that they're like, hey, we're, we're going to, we really want John Cena to be like the all-American boy. And yeah. so we'll change his character on the show. So it matches the movie that eventually will come out in 2006. And yeah, he's he's kind of just a Boy Scout, like yes. good Marine, good good which is a, guy. Yeah. Which, when you like look at the history of the WWE, it's a big... This is I just watched a documentary for for this episode on John Cena's up, upcoming-ness um, and like how he broke into the industry. And how when he came in, there was no big top guy at WWE. Like The Rock... And Steve Austin had, like, retired or left left. type of thing. Yeah, like, The Rock obviously was going to Hollywood, so he was wrestling, like, less and less. And then he fully just stopped retiring to become a full-time actor. And Stone Cold was just becoming, like, more and more broken. Like, his knees were just more worse and worse and worse. So he he couldn't wrestle anymore. So there's just, like, this vacancy of, like, a bunch of really good talent but no top guy. And when you look at, like, the history of top guys... Like, there's a guy named Bruno San Martino who was, like, the top guy in WWE before the television era for three decades. He holds the... He held the championship belt for 10-plus years, which is crazy. Nobody's ever going to touch that. Um, Then you go into Hulk Hogan, who was, like, eat your uh, vitamins, say your prayers, like, all-American. Like, his song literally is, I am the real American. Like, he is (laughs) pure patriotism. And then you go into this one era, which like the Attitude Era in the late 90s, and that's where you get Stone Cold, who's like their top earner. 
And up until Cena, Stone Cold is the top earner wrestler of all time. He beat Hulk because he got more pay-per-view buyouts and his merch sells better. John Cena, though, was able to last in WWE from 2002, and he still wrestles occasionally to this day. He's part-time now, but he's only been part-time the last four years or so. Yeah. That guy's longevity and, like, long-standing track record with this company, he is by far easily one of the biggest guys they've ever had, and he's up there with, like, the Rushmore of maybe not great wrestlers, but, like, top guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. So. Yeah, I've kind of heard this, like, there's a lot of criticism of, like, all right, well, well, this guy, audiences love him, but he's not, like, technically very good at wrestling <laughs> or he, something, you know? He For a long time, he wasn't. He kind of just, like, was really lazy. But one thing that people do say, in the last few years of him wrestling more full-time, he got a lot better. And he really okay. chose to, like, be better. And you can see it. Like, in his, some of his matches in his later years, was, there's a this dream series he did with this wrestler called AJ Styles where they wrestled three times in a row. And those matches are up with one of his best, like, and some of the best of those, of that close couple years that they're wrestling. So okay. he, he definitely, he wasn't the top wrestler. He was just a really good guy in Mike. He has charismatic, all these things, but he became a much better wrestler as he went along. Um, okay. But anyways, was he like baby face the whole time? Like he was, yeah, always... he, they never turned him villain. Not once in his entire career. And he, okay. he asked for it, but Vince McMahon always said no because the he is universally still to this day beloved by kids. Okay. And his Make-A-Wish Foundation stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, even Hogan, like, he was loved by kids and then he went still villain. went heel and in the 90s, it, yeah. Yeah, and that worked really well for Hollywood Hogan. Like, that worked. That was huge. But Vince was like, your Make-A-Wish will go away. Like, kids won't want to see you anymore. And they, yeah. lo- and they, he's like, he was the top wrestler, the most Wake-A-Wish Foundation wrestler for a long time. Now he's like, he's fulfilled the most Make-A-Wish, like, um, of any person. Any I person. Think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. he was like, if you, be, if you, he's like, Vince told him, he's like, if you turn villain, all of that goes away. He's definitely been booed. There's a lot of like, um, John Cena sucks chants that happen, but those are always, always kind of happened alongside of like kids loving him okay like adult wrestlers there was this there's a season in the show where he was called super cena where his winning record was massively over favored to his losing record and he would creative was putting him over top of smaller guys or up and coming guys that kept like having cena win okay uh, and that was this called the super cena era where he just wouldn't lose and creative was chasing money like they're chasing like, this is our biggest guy. He sells the most merch. We're going to put him on top, even though there's a lot of wrestling fans that like CM Punk or uh, The Miz or Chris Jericho or something like that. We're not going to give the belt to these guys because he's our top guy. Um, he got a lot of John Cena sucks, but through it all, he just, like, continued baby-facing, and he just eventually wore down everybody and broke them into being like, oh, this guy demands respect now because he's okay. still doing it. Just Anyways. a good dude or whatever. Yeah, yeah just a good okay. dude. Anyways. Yeah, I, you know, we. I feel like we sometimes don't talk about their wrestling career. Well, enough, I feel bad because last know? week I had a whole thing to talk about with Kane, and then I just completely... And I, or, I didn't think to ask. And then at the end of the like, episode, you're just like, oh, we didn't talk about Kane the wrestler. And I was like, oh, darn it, we didn't. So, the mayor of Knox County. Now you, guys, <laughs> now you guys have something to look forward to 
uh, for our ranking episode, because that's when I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Kane. I, th- but, I thought that was like a wrestling nickname, but it's like, no, he's literally elected mayor. In yeah, no, he's like elected twice. mayor. I was like, oh. Yeah, okay. they had a whole run where he was corporate Kane for a while. Um, that sounded hilarious. <laughs> I was reading about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah, so John Cena, yeah, this is super early in his career. And he took a break from making movies to focus on wrestling and then kind of build his career like later on in this new era of John Cena where now picking and choosing his projects a little more wisely than. Yeah. Like there's some comments about like not really enjoying working on this, but I don't know. I, I guess they also covered for his absence like the summer he was making this by saying he got stabbed (laughs) there was like oh there's this elaborate cover story where a man named jesus stabbed john cena it's like what (laughs) well because it's all in like you can't just pull a wrestler out to go and film a movie if they're like and then they just go missing from the show it's because it's soap opera right if all of a sudden you just pull a character and you're like wait where's our top guy guy? and you're like oh we have to come up with an in-story reason why he's not here so okay yeah. Pretty smart. <laughs> uh, where do we leave off? So he's, oh, he's about to come up across a few deliverance I, type guys. Yeah, there's a lot of deliverance jokes in this, and they, they fully lean into it at one point in a way. I was like, all right, that's fine. But Don't yeah, they have he comes a music cue in this scene? Gigantic dudes uh, that are just like drug dealers or something, yeah. like just forest grow up or something they got going on. And he keeps insisting, he's just like, I am not a cop. Like, I'm just trying to d- save my wife. Shut up! You're totally a cop! There's a helicopter and everything. It's just like, alright, you guys got me. I totally am a cop. See, I knew it! I knew it! It's like, yeah, I have a GPS. They're gonna be here any second. What? Search him! He's got a GPS on him! It's just like, these guys are the biggest idiots in the world. And then he does this crazy, like, flip to smash his chair and starts wrestling these giant dudes. Yeah. And good for him, I guess. But well, just... also, <laughs> sorry, yeah. No, they, I think they just needed an action scene in the middle where he, they couldn't have him face the crew yet. Yeah, if he faces off against the crew, then it's what, what do we have? Like, yeah. the, there's only five of them or whatever, so yeah. that can't happen yet. And four now, I guess, because they shot one of their own guys. Exactly, which kind of makes me think, like, oh, if they just had an extra crew member, they could have just been like, okay, you guys stay here. If he follows us, kill him or something, and then they could have done that. Yeah, just set that up. But instead, we have these two meatheads, (laughs) which was great. I don't know. They were really gigantic But wasn't there, like, the dueling banjos, like, wasn't that the music cue in this scene? Like, do 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 No, the dueling banjos music cue is during the rock candy story with Morgan. Like, he's in the bar and just, like, talks vaguely about this situation. And then that music hits, and you're like, ah, I see. Yeah. That's unfortunate. (laughs) It's kind of crazy that those three notes can just immediately put in the audience's mind, like, this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. Good for that movie, I guess. (laughs) But, uh, anyway... Leaving this fight with these two dudes, I was a little mystified. It just like he could have armed himself with like a shotgun and like a bunch of stuff, but instead he just runs out of there, and then somehow still has his knife. Like I guess Which, he thought to grab that. In all fairness to John Triton, John Matrix like literally fills his entire boat with guns, and he needs all of them. Yeah, I guess I do admire John Triton's confidence of just like no, I just have to catch them and I will stop them yeah. with my abilities. Yeah, as with a my Marine. abilities. 
Yeah. Like, it's not any weapons or anything that he has. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, he just runs out of this this shack and is back after these dudes. Catches up with them as they enter this kind of, uh, I don't know, bog bar. <laughs> like, this kind of, like, yeah. seas- off season. I was about to say, like, it's, it's looked like a bog bar, but it's, like, worse It's like a fishing Nobody would ever something. hang out in this place. Like, it looks derelict type of thing. Kind of, except they still have fresh Miller. <laughs> in the fridge like clearly a sponsorship or whatever yeah, yeah. uh but yeah that this is where they start splitting off guys honestly before we got to this though i was like oh he's fully gonna like john rambo these dudes in this forest yeah. like that's what this movie structure is gonna be is like him like you know covered in war paint coming out of a mud pile and stabbing a guy or something it's like no kind of nothing happens until we get to this building yes and then it's time to start like snaking some guys before it's uh, anybody's aware that you're there in the bushes or whatever. Uh, So yeah, it's like Morgan gets his moment where he taps into his backstory one last time and we get our deliverance cue. And then the other people are just like, all right, all right, go, go fix the generator. And then he heads underneath the cabin and starts working on that and gets it running a jukebox fires up, so there's music covering this fight scene, I guess, so that the <laughs> other guys can't hear this. Uh, I love that John Cena's, like, sneak attack is just to, like, break through a wall. <laughs> like, it's like, is that the most effective way you could have jumped at this guy? It's like, yes, no one can know I'm here until everyone will know I'm here because I broke <laughs> through a wall. But he tackles him, and they have this fight, and that that's the fight that ends with, like, him raising up his knife and then it cuts to a beer being popped open so yeah. morgan has uh probably been stabbed off screen yeah 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 uh and then it, the fight gets taken well then his wife then is this the scene where his wife then put, starts putting up a tussle herself right but like his wife no keeps making these amazing decisions that i th- i was like dude what are you doing like every time because she kind of knows Trayton is tracking them several times. Like, she'll yeah. see him. And then she'll, instead of just being like, all right, I got an ace in my pocket. I know I I got somebody super trained for fighting coming to rescue me. She starts, like, tussling with people or, like, fighting. And it's like, they could just kill you. Like, why would you do that? Why would you put yourself in a situation where you're antagonizing the criminals? But I guess it's something for her to do. <laughs> during this it's like otherwise she's just do, a hostage she's yeah. a damsel in distress but they want to make her in less distress because she's quote unquote yeah. capable or something and i think it's all in service of like she's gonna fight the main lady of the crew at, yes. in her own little fight because we're not gonna have john cena just beat up a lady <laughs> so then they have a fight yes uh and that's the payoff for all of this kind of like hey you leave me alone you don't touch me like punch 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 and it's like all right they have guns and are crazy, like maybe just chill a little more, but no, that is not that's not how Mrs. Triton rolls. <laughs> so, um, whatever. There is one stunt slash shot that I kind of think is still actually pretty cool. It's he's upstairs, finally makes it up to the to the bar, and they're running away, but he's tussling with one guy, and uh he jumps out from behind the bar as the place is about to explode because jump uh Robert Patrick starts shooting the gas tanks <laughs> underneath the bar. And, yeah. like, there's an explosion of sparks from behind John Cena as he's jumping over the uh, bar um, yeah. area. I was like, this looks 
like in camera kind of awesome because this guy is clearly actually doing this like john there's, there's kind of a john woo quality to some of the jumping around up there in the bar but also just yeah. like the fact that like you get a sense like early rock days that this is like actually john cena doing them because they're also just like stuntmen in their own right mm-hmm. and they're not quite stars to where they like require their own you know uh stuntmen like, to cover for themselves all the rocks like here's my cousin yeah he can do that where he eventually becomes here's my cousin but like i don't think scorpion king his cousin was working on it i think it was still just the rock okay, okay. but anyways john cena is clearly jumping around himself in these scenes uh and yeah i don't know that's kind of nice this is a major plot moment too in this bar because uh i i think does he okay the, the second guy, Bennett, gets sent outside to, like, start the boat, and then they get in a thing, and he kills that guy, too. Yep. Uh, and then the detective is there suddenly. Yes. Like, he's covering up these bodies, and the detective is there, and it's just like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go fight some more guys. Whoa, 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 hey, like, I'm the law. Like, let me take care of this. It's just like, no, like, I've already started this. i got to finish it. And it's like, eh. So, <laughs> like, this little, like, Mexican standoff happens upstairs, and suddenly we re- we find out this detective's real motives he is the silent partner he's the, he's the man partner. on the phone who uh we were gonna betray like the the crew is gonna cut him out of the deal yeah so i guess that's why he was fine with sending john cena after them because he he's being kind of burned on this deal sure. and it's like well whatever i'm a cop he doesn't care about these diamonds, so if he just kills all those people, I can just take those diamonds and leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming that was his play, uh, but doesn't work out for him uh, <laughs> in this situation. Robert Patrick shoots him, and then we get our bar jumping thing. And then, yeah, they're, they're fleeing towards the boat, and Robert Patrick just pivots around and just starts perfectly shooting all of the explosive stuff <laughs> underneath this shack from, like, way far away. And there is yet another bone-shattering, huge explosion. Uh, based on, like, my 14-year-old metrics, I would have liked this movie because there's just big, burly, fiery explosions. Like, yeah, the, uh, to be fair, the look of these explosions, like, very orangey just and smoky, yeah. they're good-looking explosions. Like, I, I like I like some good explosions, and this movie loves its explosions. And really, <laughs> like, these are the centerpieces. This is what we're doing here, so... Yeah. Here's another ridiculous explosion that John Cena makes it. He, yeah. he flies through the air or something and is, is okay. Uh, uh, don't they get away in a car and then John Cena jumps in a boat? Because I remember it being weird that like they're driving in a car and John Cena's on their trail in a boat. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how that works out. Because, yeah, a, an ins- absurd cop comes up on this exploded situation and gets mad at John Cena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tries to arrest him. He's just like, shut up. Like, my wife's been kidding. I'm a cop and I'm in a, I'm in charge here. In all fairness, and then he's... <laughs> yeah. Like, if there's somebody on the scene of a jet explosion, you, you have to arrest them. <laughs> he, he's being a real movie jerk about it, though. So, sure. John yeah. Cena has to do this crazy, like, twist slam thing to get rid of this guy. And then he finally takes a gun and, like, equips himself a little bit. Yeah. And but then, then he jumps in the guy's boat. boat. Yeah. chase off the bad guy but i don't think the bad guy's in a boat yet i think robert patrick's in a car i think they intended to take a boat but i don't really understand where they would have gotten an- another car well oh, probably took the, the car that they took to because john cena's car is fine still 
Or they said, no, we need to lose this car and get a new one. That's what they said on Kramer earlier. Right. They phone their car guy and say, like, hey, you know Rita's? Yes. Can you leave us a clean vehicle there? Yes. And then there's the bit where they steal that truck. Yeah. You know? Yep. So I guess they're in they're in kind of a semi at one point because, yes. yeah, they, they hijack a truck. So then um, this leads us to the final bit. We're in, like, a boathouse. Yeah, Rita's. We're, we're at this kind of yeah. marina or whatever. Uh, for another action sequence. And it's just Robert Patrick and his lady friend left uh, with John Triton's wife, correct, at this point? Yes, that's okay. right. And, and they're kind of like, you know, oh, are you going to betray me? Oh, do you have the diamonds or whatever? Like, there's a little Yeah, there's a little exchange between where them. he's just, because he's just been killing all of his partners. And so, of course, she's like. It's like, hey, can I have this one diamond? It's like, well, we'll see. It's like, <laughs> I don't really like that answer. <laughs> it's just kind of like. Not looking sideways, but we do establish that the entire pouch of diamonds is in her coat pocket. Yes. Uh, which pays off in this insane, like, situation. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, they're in a they're in a semi. John jumps on the back of it. And they're like, what was that? And then he starts climbing up towards the front of the cab. And they just start smashing through a bunch of stuff <laughs> to try to shake him off. And initially, I was like, oh, he's being kind of sheltered by the edge of this cab. But then there was another shot where they just drive through like a yeah. pavilion or whatever, and it's like, no, John Cena is just getting hit by <laughs> buildings, yeah. and he's still there. We saw the Terminator do this as the Terminator in Terminator Three, but this that makes just a sense. Man. Yeah, he's not made of metal or anything. He's just, I don't know. He's so determined. He he's has so to determined. Save her. He's John Cena. Um, yeah. Okay, here's the thing. And so, he whips open the side of the truck and throws her in front of a bus. Yeah. And she hits the bus. And I actually kind of like the shot. Like, there's just diamonds spreading over the floor of the bus. And then suddenly they're red diamonds, too, because yeah. blood. Yeah. I was like, all right. Kind of cool. That was, um, that was all right. So then John Cena and Robert Patrick get into a fist fight. Now, we've talked about this on the on the show multiple times. Where of, one like, of my power battling. Ex- one of my big icks is when, like, a main character is, like, so OP, but they still get him to fight, like, somebody, a villain who's, like, what, what is, what's happening here, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. I actually liked this pairing because, though, yes, in real life, John Cena would destroy Robert Patrick. Especially, like, 50-plus-year-old yeah. Robert Patrick, yeah. Robert Patrick, he's the one in this situation that brings the prestige in because he is, like, the T-1000 He's had a more lustrous career as a villain slash in different things. So he yeah. kind of has the star power more in his veins. Whereas like, yeah, like th- there's that piece of it where it's like Tom Cruise versus Mikhail Blomkis doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, obviously Tom Cruise, our main character is the guy who's going to win mm-hmm. easily though should be easily this situation it's like oh john cena is the newbie but he's the hero robert patrick is the established veteran but he's the bad guy this is i more think even... i think in my mind it was like i've also we've seen robert patrick just kill a bunch of people in this movie already so it's just like this guy has that kind of killer's edge yeah. of just like he he he's crazy like That's he, what I mean. he so has I, no code of any kind i thought know? that this he's... was just more even keeled fighting floor even though like the optics of it if i just walked into this movie here i'd be like Oh, John Cena would destroy Robert Patrick. 
Right. The movie I mean, he was hit by several buildings like minutes ago. Yeah. So, but the movie like shaken up has know? made me believe in this pairing a bit more than other movies have made me believe in less. Believable and, and and they wisely equip Robert Patrick with like weapons and yes. stuff. Like he has a a sledgehammer which he he lands a huge hit on well, Cena when he's so down. And I was like, whoa, okay, Triple, that would be bad. Triple H in the WWE used to carry around a sledgehammer, and that was like his weapon of choice. Like he would. And there's lots of shots that he would give on guys with a full-on sledgehammer. Okay. And you're just like, so that in my mind, that was just like a that's a WWE reference. Like that that's was like just them being like, no, these okay. guys are built to like their bodies are built to take sledgehammer shots to the so back. So he, he gives him this one big hit to the ribs or whatever. And I was like, that was pretty savage, and he's still down. Like you could continue doing that, but he's like, no, 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 chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. And then he he grabs a nearby chainsaw. And then they have, like, chainsaw versus, like, chains fight or yeah. whatever, or, like, a, a wrench or something he's using. To it's a wrench, yeah. It's blades. pretty fun. Yeah. I was having a good time with that. Uh, and they're just kind of trading blows and beefing and whatever. <laughs> and uh, at, at a point, Robert Patrick gets kind of thrown into just flaming wreckage. Yes. Uh, there was kind of another explosion, by the way, during during all of this somehow yeah. and now this entire mill or whatever is on fire this barn i think it's a barn oh yeah the marina and okay right the truck i forgot uh his wife has been chained inside this truck cab yeah and she goes careening through this marina full of explosives <laughs> yeah. and there were several times like oh my god she's gonna die like how is she not dead and it's just like I don't know. Through the magic of movies, we keep showing a semi like hit 10 exploding tanks and then we cut inside the cab and we just have her going, ah, <laughs> it's like, all right, well, she's not hurt, I guess. It's just exploding. Yeah. And at a point, like she crashes through the entire marina. I was like, you know what? This obviously ends with like the truck going in the water. That might be good because there are so many f- fireballs around right now. <laughs> yeah. You actually need that. Uh, but of course, drowning is is a horrible concern. So her the truck is sinking into the water, and John Cena, at this point, he's not even really like trying to fight Robert Patrick. He's just like fixated on like I have to get to my wife and get her out of that truck. That's yeah, all I care about. She's chained inside the truck, about to go yeah. into the the water. So Robert Patrick keeps kind of sucker punching him and hitting him while he's like distracted, and eventually it just becomes like. All right, you got a chance. I got to fight this guy. I have to finish this guy before I can deal with this. So they have to have this fight. And then he throws him into the fire. Yeah. And it's like, all right, good. That guy is out of here. I can finally go be a hero. And then he jumps into the water to save his wife. So this shot of him jumping into the water. Yeah. He doesn't dive, but he jumps 15, 20 feet into the air, like from floor. Then there's there a shot explosion. of him jumping up, and then yeah. there's a wide shot of him flying up into the air, and I'm just like, "What is this?" I swear there work? was there was another tank blew up that pushed him up. Oh it's yeah, another yeah, yeah, air yeah, cushion yeah. situation. Yeah. Anyways, they make him go flying, and he goes flying through. He's able to break the bar off the cab as his wife is passing out. He takes her out, and he's able to perform CR, um, CPR on her. It's the first time he's ever kissed her in the movie. He's performing CPR. Oh, no, they were making out in the kitchen and stuff. I, were yeah, they yeah. actually kissing, or were they just, like, wrestling and poking uh, each other? I, I think there was, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. But anyway, uh, th- this is kind of, like, it brought back memories of, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, just, like, 
this is how you stage a like CPR scene. There's always a moment in it where it's just like, oh, I failed. She's dead. No, I need to be more earnest. I need to care more. And then he starts, you know, chest compressions again. And she's like, live, please. Oh. And then she can wake up. But here's the, it's just the rules. In this one, they do, they break one of those cardinal rules of all these situations where their drowning happens. When she wakes up, she coughs. Nothing. I know. I actually appreciate it in High Strength of Kids. Like, a bunch of gross water comes out. Yeah. And it's like, that's what would happen. Yeah, because <laughs> like, you're you trying to, to get the that. water out of their lungs to get them to breathe. She's just yeah. like, <laughs> hey, how are you? Oh, hey, like, it's what? my husband. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then we get a great action movie moment. I love action movies for moments like this, where we just saw Robert Patrick fall into a pile of burning sticks. That's not anything. That doesn't kill anybody. No one has ever died from that happening. So burnt to a crisp robert patrick emerges from the fire choking john cena with like a chain yeah and he pulls off an amazing fighting move he he hooks his throat with the chain throws him in the air and then yanks it back down real fast clearly breaking his neck and then they make a joke about like yeah should have gone to the beach end of the movie so beautiful that's what i want that makeup was genuinely gnarly for a PG-13 movie. That that was the moment I was like, if you extend this at all, that's how you get your R rating. Like, if you just get a little better look at Crispy well, Chicken Patrick here, have you ever he seen looks crazy. Yeah. The Fast and the Furious 1 used to be an R-rated movie, and it was only R because in the final chase, um, the guy gets stuck on the semi, right? He gets stuck in there, and his arm is getting lacerated by this, like, uh, rope. Okay. And they had, like, honestly, I've seen the unrated cut. They had two seconds of footage of this, like, wire rope going into his arm. Like, cutting And it's a little, like, bloody. And I'm like, that's an R rating. And then this movie is a PG-13 with this guy's face here? I mean, there's some, like, shadows and stuff, but you get a pretty good look at just I I saw this on Disney Plus, and I was, like, had no problem seeing this. I also watched it on Disney Plus, which was extra good. It was just like, oh, I love that this is just on here. Oh, yeah, Canada, like, we don't Disney classic. We grew up in, like, the streaming wars where Canada really sucked, but it's like, no, like, we kill now. And especially on Disney Plus, because we get, essentially, we get Hulu for free up here. Because we get Star. And means we and yeah, get this is the 20th century stuff. fox bit so yeah. we get that now uh but yeah he does this crazy slam and kills him and then this song starts playing and i just it just kind of washed over me it was just playing and i was like okay okay and then there was this one line that was just like the grim reaper highway that's really silly what a silly song and then at the end of the credit roll it became apparent to me it's like wait that was John Cena rapping is what just happened. Yeah. So then I rolled it back and sure enough, I, I, I listened to that verse with new ears and I was like, Oh, wow. I love that. <laughs> I, I love You know, many times it's like, you need to have a dopey dumbass song at the end of your movie about the movie. Or <laughs> to some extent, just like right? in something like the lyrics from the movie, like Will Smith's been in black wild, wild west. My yeah. favorite of all time is LL cool. J's, uh, deepest shark fin my head is like a shark's fin um yeah yeah like if you're gonna be a movie star like lean into it even more yeah especially if you have like a music career at all the fact that john cena who's i didn't know his thugonomics that's what i mean history the fact that that he is like mainly a wrestler who his gimmick was being a rapper has his own rap song for his first movie 
beautiful. That's yeah, pitch perfect. I, thought, I, I don't know that, like, the lyrics fit enough, I guess. It's just kind of like, hey, what if it was all gone tomorrow or whatever? It's like, oh, what if you lost all the things you care about or something is, yeah. like, the theme of the song. Like, the particulars don't, aren't about, like, yeah, I, I, I was a soldier and this happened or whatever. It's not quite that explicit, but yeah. it, it fits, I guess. And I was really amused by that. So, yeah. Um, um, so this movie, like you said, it didn't do great at the box office, but this movie did really, really well on home video, like Blu-ray and DVD. Okay. And so, like, it was enough to that it's earned, there's now s- six Marine films. The second one stars uh, Ted DiBiase, who's the Million Dollar Man's kid. Okay. Million Dollar Man was a big wrestler in the 80s. Um, and then the subsequent ones all star The Miz. Uh, As a different character. These I are all very, yeah, all different characters. Yeah, but yeah subsequent- like Jake Carter or something becomes the Marine yeah. in the Miz movies, which I at least, because like, it's like we had our weird Scorpion King thing where it's like, what? Why is it the same guy? Like, yeah. Why is it Matias or whatever? That's stupid. Like here, it's just like, hey, uh, there's another Marine and this happened to him too. Fine, whatever. <laughs> that makes sense. Like that actually <laughs> makes cares? sense in universe wise, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and honestly, I mean, I'm no, I would never watch those movies because if this is this level of low rentness, like, <laughs> like that's those are all, these are all direct to DVD movies. Um, but here's the thing: there was a time because they're making Mortal Kombat two right now, and there was a while where it was like Johnny Cage is going to be in Mortal Kombat two because he's not in the first one, and it, and and there was a while where he wasn't cast. And there was a massive, like, push to be like, oh, The Miz needs to be Johnny Cage. Like, that needs to happen. Yeah. Because he kind of has that, like, his whole entire character is, like, schlocky, bro, goofball, like, movie star. Like, that is his WWE character. He essentially is Johnny Cage in the WWE. And then they cast Carl Urban, and it's, like, less exciting because I like Carl Urban, but I don't know. He's old. It's like, yeah, it's literally like the role he was born to play. It's like, no, we're going like to go with... Like 20 years ago, maybe. Like No, The Miz. Oh, yeah, I'm The saying. Miz. Sorry, but I mean, like, J- Curl Urban, I think, would have been great in the early to mid-2000s. Sure. But now we're like 20 years old. like a villain or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. um, Cool. Yeah, so that's The Marine. That's The Marine. Yeah. Uh, MVP time. Yes. Uh, I will kick it off. Uh, I should have just segued right into it because... Uh, that rap song put him over the top. Okay. John Cena. I'm going with the main guy. Uh, even when it's just like, this guy is such a like mute, like just action man in some of these scenes. I was at least like, this is really funny. Like his stone faced running through the forest, the determination on his face. Yeah. Uh, but really, but really it was the rapping. Like <laughs> that verse at the end was just like, wow what a what a choice what a great bit uh big smile on my face at the very end of the proceedings so more so for his rapping ability than his acting ability but i mean uh, his acting he's he's like adequate for this movie that he's in yeah him and his wife seem to be having fun and he has some okay banner with his what is uh what does arnold do buddy in commando any differently like he is either (laughs) angry or stoic like that's all his two temperaments in that movie and and occasionally a one-liner of some kind yeah i guess he's cheerful when he's with his daughter in the opening credits 
but that's like it. absurdly cheerful yeah. it's like a postcard or something yeah, yeah, yeah when they have the ice cream scene specifically with the sharing ice cream cones and she rubs on his <laughs> face <laughs> he's just like yeah. <laughs> he's like got that big arnold laugh like it's just like this is so silly <laughs> anyways carrying giant tree trunks around yeah it's you. great um i don't know john cena okay john cena impressed upon me in his peacekeeper peacemaker tv show Mm-hmm. Like he actually is got the chops. Like I think he's not an amazing actor, but he's incredibly competent. Like he has and, an emotion and, and a, just a bit of funny in there, right? Yeah. That's the oh key. yeah, Peacemaker's very funny, mainly funny. But like there's a there is like a really dramatic scene that plays in this, and I was like, oh, this is gonna get awkward. And I actually thought he like nailed it. So okay. I don't want to expect him. I'm not saying he's a great actor by any means, but like for what he's doing in the world, I think he's more than fit. So, mm-hmm. anyways, um, yeah. But John Cena is not my MVP. He is a very close runner-up because I think he does contribute to all the things I like, and he happens to get to do all the things I like about this movie. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's Robert Patrick. Like he is, yeah. Robert Patrick is obviously up there too. Like I, I almost gave it to him, but I kind of like wanted to spread the love a little bit. Oh on sure, this one. I did give yeah. away. I did. I did show my cards early in the podcast. So yeah. Um, he's just having a good time. Like he is. He understands the assignment. I like when actors understand the assignment and they execute the orders, right? Like that they're just like, this movie isn't good, so let's make it fun. And that's exactly what he does. So he gets these like fun line reads that somebody could have said in the same scene in Jewelry Shop, somebody could have said, everyone get down, like angry. And he's just like, everyone get down. Like he just, he could have done it differently. That was the cue to be scared. (laughs) I don't know. I, I... and then, like, the Terminator bit and just how much of a goofball he's being the whole time. Like, he's not menacing in any real way. He's just silly and having a good time. Mm-hmm. Even when he's being... And a bit of a wild card with his own crew. And yeah, stuff, like, he's but, killing yeah. people on, so they're doing the things to make him menacing, but it still feels, like, fun. Through, like, I don't ever get a sense of real villainy out of him. Yeah, like, I was almost getting, like, this is, like, these are, like, Grand Theft Auto characters or yeah. something. Like, they're just not really keeping it together criminals <laughs> yeah. this key these situations keep getting beyond control to the point where it's like there's no way they're just getting away with this diamond thing they've blown up too many things and shot too many people yeah. for it to just oh now we have a clean car so no one will notice us <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah so robert patrick is having a great time so i want to give him some love so that's my mvp that was the marine i was even thinking if you just saw five adults in a minivan driving around, <laughs> it would look kind of weird. It, like, it does look kind of weird, especially if they're like... Where are those guys going? They're differing ages, differing backgrounds, you know, like just a five they, they random just group look of five like people. like a heist crew yeah. driving around. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. They look like a heist. Like, they, they look like Ocean's Five. Like they're like, oh, that's the, that's the heavy militia guy. Like that's ballistics. Oh, that's the brains. Oh, that's the beauty. Oh, that guy probably has, like, good at tech stuff. Like, you know, you look around. Yeah, odd mix of people over there. So, yeah. Anyways, cool. All right. right. That was the Marine. Question time. Uh, Much like wrestling, it seems Hollywood gives certain actors major pushes all at once uh, sometimes to make them stars. Uh, Ones that come to mind are Taylor Kitsch, uh, Sam Worthington, maybe Jude Law at one point. I remember there was a year where it seemed like he was in every other movie. (laughs) Uh, like i would sit down and be like he's in this too weird (laughs) okay uh how do we feel about this practice has it ever turned out great for somebody where you don't hold it against them 
I, I don't know. I think there's definitely... Taylor Kitsch, I feel, kind of imploded in a weird way. Yeah, like, that's the thing is, like, we can think of the poor examples because, I mean, for me, Sam Worthington is the biggest one because James Cameron specifically, like, you can see him Plucked pulling him the strings. Out. Yeah. Like, and it's like, J- oh, he's in his this Terminator movie for some reason, even though Avatar hasn't come out and we have no idea who this guy is. That's what I mean. Like, like it's almost like James Cameron's like, oh, we're, I'm going to make him my star of Avatar. We have to make him a huge star. So I'm going to give him the quote unquote lead role in my produced Terminator film. So he's yeah. like a name brand. And then boom, he'll be I, th- I think it's when it feels like artificial like that. Like, it's just kind of like, you know, like you have genuine breakout roles or something where it's just like, wow, that person really shone. Like, I'm going to hope to see them in future stuff. But that's what I mean. I feel like, though, sometimes this happens in Hollywood and organically happens, but it's not. We feel like it's organic, but it actually isn't. It's just like their movie choices worked. Like, it's this is Taylor Kitsch, but it took off. And Hugh Jackman is one of them, right? Like. Hugh Jackman went from being, like, a nobody guy to being Wolverine and then booking a whole bunch of gigs in a row whilst being Wolverine and then became a giant star. But because we like him, we're, like, on board with this, like, artificial, potentially artificial thing. I guess I was saying Jude Law, but, like, he kind of got his foot in with, like, Gattaca and, like, Mr. Ripley and stuff. It was just, like, 2004, there was this massive influx. There was. And all the movies were bad, too. That was the thing. uh, Like, I mean, he has a bit in The Aviator and stuff. And I like that movie. Sure. Uh, But, but yeah, you got, like, Sky Captain. Alfie. And Alfie. uh, He... I think the one that made it like what is happening was uh Lemony Snicket. Yeah. Where it was just like, what? He's like also the voice of Lemony Snicket? Like Well, three of those movies know. are Paramount films, FYI. Mm-hmm. So, so I think a, that there's some a company player. Yeah. But I think this happens. Like Will Smith, like they just these guys that are up and coming, they get great agents and agents are like, this guy can ca- let's cap like they can convince studios to capitalize on people's rising power so they like punch them into a bunch of movies in a row so like will smith was like like bad boys independence day and uh men in black men in black those are three consecutive years where he had those movies and there was like he went growing to becoming like the star right like all three of those movies martin lawrence was the star in the first black bad Bad boys movie um jeff goldblum was more of the star in independence day and tommy lee was more the star in in uh men in black but at the end of the day the guy who really feels like the star of those movies is will smith yeah so like that's a that's the machine working but we like it because there's an action because we like will smith in that era whereas like taylor kitsch is like the machine's working but like i think he's so exhaustingly boring that that was a weird one because it felt like like it, it's kind of like I have no knowledge of Friday Night Lights, so it's just like suddenly this is happening, and it's just like who is this? Like what? What <laughs> yeah. are we doing? And it's like yeah, he's gonna be in Battleship. He's gonna be in the Savages. What was the third one? Oh, oh John Carter. Well, it started like off with X Men flops. He's Gambit in X Men Origins. Okay. And then he went to yeah Savages and Battleship and John Carter. Yeah, and he just got like overexposed really quickly and like and without like True Detective too and yeah yeah like he lacks I, so i'm just trying to think of a third one uh one that came to mind while we were talking was jay courtney like oh, i just yeah. don't know where that guy came from 
Like suddenly he was in like five things I was watching. It was like, what? Why is he John McClane's son? He's only what, really like, good in one of them too. When he's the bad guy in Jack Reacher. Yeah. That's the yeah. So, like I was fine with seeing Tom Cruise smoke that guy, <laughs> but it's like whatever. Um, yeah. Jay Courtney is definitely one. I think one that took off that I never, I've never gotten on board with uh, is Henry Cavill. I just don't think he no. is good. I know. Like I was there at ground zero. Like I reviewed immortals. Yeah. And I was just like, this movie kind of looks cool, but this guy sucks. And then there was like, oh yeah, Superman. And I'll see so much fervor for his Superman portrayal on Reddit. And it's just like, what are you guys seeing? Like oh, he's Nathan. by far the worst Superman that has ever been. One of my why are you hoping for this? One of my like, favorite lines in recent pop the culture. The best thing James Gunn ever did was say, No, go away. Um, one of my favorite lines in modern pop culture is in the Barbie movie when the Barbies are getting like woken up from their like uh, patriarchal nightmares. One of yeah. the girls like lists off like, oh man, I cared about so many things. And she lists off a bunch of things. And I was like, I deeply cared for Zack Snyder's Justice League universe. And I was like, perfect. And I Savage. clapped out loud in my <laughs> theater. I was like, good job, you guys. You figured it out. Because he just released a trailer for his new like sci-fi movies, Rebel Moon. And all of the gym cinema bros on the internet are like, this is going to be the greatest movies ever made. Better than Star Wars. And I'm like shut stop stop this is a rejected star wars movie he he did lucasfilm like rightfully said no we don't want you making a star wars film and he's like fine i'm going to vaguely update it to be its own i'll make my own star wars with with cocaine and it'll be great and out of focus shots and like nonsensical plotting anyways yeah um oh Zack snyder (laughs) Zack snyder is another i would say like if you were going to go into actors i think we can go to directors Zack Snyder's a guy that, like, I I couldn't tell you why he continued to make movies. Because, like, 300 was a it's massive... 300 overperformed, and then his ticket is punched forever. But that's <laughs> what something. I mean. Like, his movies have underperformed since then, though. Like, he put a movie... He put Superman versus Batman on screen. He put Batman yeah. in a movie, and it was underperforming at the box office. And then everyone I, was I like... Was, oh, I was reading about that movie today in the context of, like... Movies that would have made a billion dollars if they were good. That's what I mean. Like, like, it was like, like everyone's like, oh, that means maybe the Batman's a tr- like a tried character, and it's like then the Batman oh. gets released, and it was like massive, and it was like, oh no, never mind, it just has to be a good. Yeah, movie it was first. like eight hundred million, like post pandemic. Yeah, like yeah, pretty versus pretty good numbers. Eight hundred million at the peak of like Marvel superhero movies. Mayhem. Yeah. 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 Whereas like Marvel was a g- unquestionably the ju- ju- like. Superhero movies were unquestionably the biggest things. The Batman came out in an era where people were like, do we want superhero movies anymore? Like, the Batman DC still had that. a couple of those. Like, Suicide Squad made, like, $770 million, Yeah. But it's just based on, like, interest in general, not, like, Oh, yeah, it's based form. upon, like, Marvel. It's based upon, like, superhero goodwill. And being like, yeah, yeah okay. They have to get it right sometime is, the, like, the kind of the idea. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, Zack Snyder would be another one where I'm like, why does this guy keep getting money? These can't be like who who is backrolling this guy? He's not making money, so why does he keep getting like untold billions? Yeah. So, anyways, uh, more <laughs> for people. actors that kind of snuck in there, and I got really grouchy about initially. Like I remember you just kind of casually knew about Mark Strong at some point. <laughs> 
like in like sunshine or whatever yeah. when he's just like a burnt like husk of a person in shadows yeah. and it's like oh yeah it's mark strong it's like who is that what are you talking about <laughs> like who is this guy so i was kind of like miffed with him for a while and he definitely was showing up in a lot of stuff he was, like, he was like always Sinestro, always John like the Carter villain, villain. yeah yeah like he's in john carter also it just didn't tank him at all he's no just i don't there. <laughs> but i like mark i like mark strong you don't like mark strong i don't dislike mark strong but it felt like suddenly mark strong happened a little <laughs> bit i was like what sure i think he, he was like, cheap i guess that's one where i don't know the cultural context just like what was his breakthrough like what was the role why did this happen you know pre sunshine pre-sunshine because we didn't see sunshine in person i think i saw it i didn't know he was mark strongstein when we watched sunshine it was years later i mean i saw sunshine in theaters when it first came out we weren't you and i weren't friends yet yeah it it was with uh, my friend cody yeah but it it was like so i had seen him but then when he was suddenly popping up in like a handful of bigger movies you're just like oh yeah Yeah, mark strong well because in 2010 2011 he was in kick-ass and robin hood and eventually was in the Kingsman movies. He was yeah. in, he was in Green Lantern as Sinestro. He's in Tinker Taylor. Tinker Taylor. Like he's he was a lot of movies in 2010, 2011 type of thing. Sure. And you I just, and I, probably I just don't know watched... what was like the the signal for like this guy's really good at doing this. And I don't dislike him. Like he is good at being an intense bald man. <laughs> but like I don't know. It just suddenly sprung up and I was like, what is going on? I, I didn't sign off on this. Yeah. I don't know who this is. So. Um yeah, I'm just trying to think of more. Just like I don't get the hype. I'm kind of guess. I, I guess what I'm saying is like now, I can't think of the one, failures. One I'm skeptical much. about. I'm I'm getting like pre grouchy about it because I never watched Wednesday, and oh, it's it was like Jenna we're Ortega? about to get a big big Jenna Ortega push, and it's like, did she earn her way into Beetlejuice too? Like, why is she here? I think it's like, Tim, I don't know. I never saw that show. Oh, I think yeah. Well, I think Tim and her hit it off is the big thing. Yeah, and obviously she had a really really big year last year because she had wednesday x and scream all happen in the same year okay and then she was in scream six i like jenna ortega but i like most of those things minus wednesday i didn't like wednesday um okay but like yeah so i would say tim burton was just like oh here's a massive star that i like working with let's mm-hmm. put it like it's that's why he kept working with johnny depp all those years is like oh it's guys a name brand and so. there's times where it works out, like this is a breakout. Like uh, I didn't watch the what? What is it? Queen's Gambit. Oh but, yeah. Like suddenly Anya Taylor Joy was everywhere, but I was like, she's well, fine. I was following you her know. from like the, the witch. witch, right? Yeah. And so like yeah. I saw, I even saw Morgan. Do you remember Morgan? Oh, is that Kate uh, Mara? Yeah, Kate Mara, Paul Giamatti, it's and like it's like powers? Luke Scott. No, Luke Scott is the director, and it's Ridley Scott's kid. Okay. Ever, and it's about an AI robot lady. Like who becomes sentient and she's a person and names Morgan. Oh, okay. And it's like it's essentially a more serious Megan years earlier, but like about AI. I think you're supposed to think about AI and like intelligence mm. and stuff like that. It's not good, but I saw it because I was like, oh, it's got onion in it. I'll watch this. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. I guess that's one where I at least like I eventually saw the wish and was like, oh, this is good, and then I understand why any of this happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen Midsommar, but I've seen subsequent Florence Pugh stuff, and she seems good, too. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. I, like, even in kind of bad movies, like, what was that one that... Well, I liked her in Black Widow, and people don't like that movie, but they all kind of point to her being like... Don't worry, darling, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went and saw that. I, I, I'm not going to say it's a good movie, but I 
was okay. I had a good evening or whatever. <laughs> like I was fine. But I understand it's bad. <laughs> yeah, but she I hear she is good despite it being a not great movie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So yes, yeah, so you're you're saying that you're you're not necessarily there at the beginning of the zeitgeist, but since the zeitgeist has happened, I'm not. I'm not like always angry at it. It just seems like when there's kind of a manufactured zeitgeist happening, it's just like, what? Why is this? Who is? Yeah, this? with why Jenna. Is this happening? Jenna, I don't think it was manufactured because I think Wednesday was her genuinely big breakout. But earlier that same year, she had like, like Scream and X came out, and those kind of kind of bubbled up under the surface for then Wednesday to have like a bigger like platform. So there was like quality stuff to back it up a little bit. Yeah. Type of thing for yeah. people to be like, I just oh, haven't seen any of these things. She's so. great. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Jenna takes, so I'm on board with Jenna. I'm on board with Anya. I'm bored with Florence. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of any other ones that are like the new generation. Cause we often talk about who the new generation of film stars and it's like, they're either in Marvel movies or, Women. Yeah, like I was kind of derisively thinking about Tom Holland, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, but even Tom, though, I feel Tom struggling to make a voice outside of Marvel because sure. anytime he does a non-Marvel project, it's like p- critically panned. It doesn't do good business, and he kind of just has to fall back on Spider-Man. So I feel bad for him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, literally, because I was thinking about Uncharted and thus Tomb Raider, like. I feel like Alicia Vikander kind of disappeared a little quickly. Like I thought yeah. she was pretty great. Yeah, she was I don't pretty know great. What's going I just on. I just watched The Green Knight, which she's in, but okay. I didn't know she was in this movie. I knew it was like the Slumdog Millionaire guy, Dev Patel. Yeah, but I didn't know she was in it at all. So I was like, oh, okay, she's here and she's great. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, she's still acting a bit, but I think she's definitely, for whatever reason, she lost her like the the sparkle around her name or something like that when when she had tomb raider yeah so maybe it underperformed and i think I that underperformed really and it. then she was the main she was in jason Bourne, and jason Bourne underperformed i think she just probably had a bunch of duds in a row fastbender's a guy that kind of seemed like he had a big flash and then has since like fizzled yeah no he like 2009 to 13 or something he was it was really out there but but he like, potentially Assassin's creed was pretty terrible <laughs> he could potentially have a good year because he does have later this year he has a David Fincher film coming out and uh Taika Waititi film coming out and he's starting. I think I think that's another one where like I could see someone like suddenly being like who is this guy? Like why is he Magneto or whatever? But if you're like, "Oh, he was in this movie like, you know, Steve McQueen directed this prison movie." Like yeah. I was kind of there on the ground floor a little bit for Fastbender, so sure. I knew what was going on. But I could see that, I guess, where he was there was an influx of the Fastbender yeah for a bit there yeah so but but then yeah. i think snowman also didn't help at all snowman yeah and i was there for that too yeah, and you, you wow both that there. that was uh they phew, they, released, they finished making that they released <laughs> an unfinished film and said hey, can you pay full price for this please hey thelma shoemaker can you like fix this and it's like i am using all of my talents and no <laughs> there isn't there enough is no fixing this movie um I, I was so on board for that too. I tried reading one of the books too. I was just yeah. like, I I like a Nordic serial killer mystery. I'm I'm so in for that sometimes, yeah. and it just is so bad. <laughs> so, so another one that I can think of, and I feel bad because his brother's doing better, but I feel like Alexander Sarsgaard kind of yeah. just like has had a bunch of big properties given to him, and they have gone nowhere. So he was like Tarzan. Like, do you remember oh, Tarzan? Yeah. 
And they were like going to give like them... I remember Chris, uh, who, who's our Nazi guy, Christoph Waltz was in it. Yeah. Uh, well, so I was like, Margot oh, Robbie Waltz gets to play a crazy villain. Margot Robbie's in it. You're right. Yeah, and Samuel Jackson. And it's just gone. Like it just came. And it's the director of the Harry Potter movies, like the beloved Harry Potter movies. Like, it's his other project. He's directed okay. Harry Potter and Legend of Tarzan. And like I remember all the press about like his abs and like how like crazy they were. And all stuff, and just like completely, like just bloop, just fizzled out. And, I wonder if that's quietly fun, you know? Uh, it's more like, boring than it is fun, which is too bad. Okay, you checked it out. Yeah, I, oh, I'm a big Tarzan fan. The problem is that they don't like do a Tarzan origin story. They're like, oh, he's already been Tarzan. He's left the jungle. He's married to Margot Robbie, Jane, and he's now coming back to be Tarzan to save something. Huh. And you're just like, okay. oh, you missed. You missed what people want. They want that Phil Collins movie. So, um, so wait the the other Sarsgard is like barbarian and it and stuff. Yes, like, yeah, Bill. Oh, okay, and I feel like yeah, Bill's Bill's killing it. Bill's, <laughs> Bill's found a niche. Yeah. yeah, Bill's and he was also in John Wick this year as the villain. He was great in John Wick Four. So, um, yeah, Bill's he's not necessarily a star in his own right, but he's like keeping to his like co-starring, like his like lane of like I'm not gonna be a the marquee name okay like his father <laughs> but like they tried to make alex like the marquee like oh let's put him in this movie and let's put the name like he is this person type of thing and it's just not working didn't work i guess yeah anyways so those are the ones i can think of i'm just trying to think of one more person who i'm just not behind but the world seems to be like this is it this is the dude but i can't can't come up with one i think the big one would be henry cavell and zach schneider just like and we could rag on uh you know worthington a little more but i think he's reset receded to just that guy in avatar well that and making like b movies like he's he is yeah. the dvd like he that that one spread beyond like movies though for a bit because he was like the main character in call of duty black ops yeah. and stuff like it's just like what is going on? Why Why is this working? You know? Why are other people being fooled by James Cameron's trickery? You know? Well, like, it's, he got the he got the Wrath of Titans and Clash of Titans and Wrath of Titans. Like, there, there's guys where it's like, that, like, you know, breakout role. Like, uh, Chris Hemsworth has, like, minutes in that Star Trek movie. Yeah. But it was like wow what who was that guy like that guy had a commanding presence immediately yeah so the next year when it's like oh yeah he's casting all this stuff you're like oh yeah like that dude had it well and he actually smarted out like though i didn't love him at thor it took me a long time to like him first thor Thor is a little dry and then like his avenger stuff started getting funny and then the second thor is dry it's the third thor was like okay i'm fully on board but like he also had knock at the cabin early in his career too that's 2010 I, yeah, he's kind of just the dirt bike guy, though. Like, he's he doesn't get the, to shine. Well, but he know. gets to play his, like, jock bro stereotype pretty well. I guess so. So, yeah. I don't know. I, was, I, I just feel he kind of disappears in that movie a little bit. He does, but, but his disappearing yeah. scene is pretty fun. <laughs> that movie's so, still pretty fun. Yeah. Like, I know it's all meta and goofy, but I still like to put it on sometimes. Yeah, Drew Garter. It's, it's, it's just a stew of horror things to think about. Oh, yeah. Know. And it's... It's having a good time with itself, too, right? That's the big thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't think of the next... Richard Jenkins. No, he's great. I'm, I'm trying joking. to think of, like, maybe a younger person who, like, they're starting to, like, poison things, but I don't care. 
but I'm like, I can't think of it. Like I like, I like pretty much all the Chris's. So that's, that takes out, that's a huge jump of like people that are like getting a lot of roles. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think pretty, I'm pretty affable. Unless somebody gets under my craw. Like the rock's getting under my craw, but like he, I'd still. But he's been me. around forever, and he and, and I'll still admit that why. like oh I still like Rampage. Like it's not a good movie, but like hey, there's a giant you, crocodile. You really like Rampage? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he saw it more than one time. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I own it. I own Rampage. Uh, I'll I'll like a J- Jason Statham movie if it's good and it happens to have Michael Dons in it. Like oh, I I was kind of mad at Hiddleston for a while, but I got over it. Like, yeah, uh, Loki's so good, man. The he's the initial so... like what like I also hated Warhorse or whatever, and he's not sure. Yes, uh, I don't know. So it was Benedict Cumberpatch, but I like that you're just like no Hiddleston. Oh, Benedict was uh, immediately amazing. But, <laughs> no, I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't but know. um, yeah, I love Hiddleston. I for me, it's like I, you didn't like Loki for a long time was the big thing, right? I didn't like the character. Yeah. Like, I didn't think Avengers was that great. Like, the first one. I was like, this guy's the villain? <laughs> I was pretty mean about him. And then eventually, I, I forget what it was. Like, he was totally inoffensive in, like, Kong Skull Island. Yes. <laughs> you know? Uh, but I think it was just that first season of Loki at least had some interesting Meat stuff on it type on. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. He is in Kong Skull Island, but, like, I feel like the presence of Samuel jackson and john goodman steal away from like him and brie larson brie larson's in that movie too but like samuel jackson gets the coolest human shot in the whole movie and that's when he's standing face to face with kong with the fire it's like yeah cool you guys did it shot a gorgeous looking monster film that makes no No, sense there yeah that that movie to me kept it was just like these are like so many moments that could just be a poster like it's just like this is just epic poster shots like periodically throughout the whole thing which is i feel like that's how you shoot monster movies is look at this big monster (laughs) (laughs) in context which at that point we'd only had godzilla and it was like no context of how big this guy was sometimes there's moments there's little bits of scale like advantage stuff i think aaron taylor's on a bridge or something sure. and you see but it's i i like, want like a wide scale sometimes i don't necessarily want close-up scale yeah, yeah um yeah. anyways uh how did you all right well i should tell you something after the show there's there's a new godzilla tv show coming out weird that's in the legendary I... in the legendary thing like full-on american godzilla starring and live action because there's there was like an anime no yeah it's kurt okay. russell and wyatt russell Great. They're playing okay. the same character in two different time periods. It's about that's Monarch. That's how you do it. There you go. It's about Monarch, but they just released a few captions, and it's like, no, Godzilla's in this show because there's a shot of Godzilla in this Apple I, TV show. Weird, weird format for Godzilla. I don't know if he's ever done that. Small really, screen Godzilla. <laughs> yes. Small screen. Yeah, deliberately small screen Godzilla. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but... very weird. All right. But anyways, uh... I, yeah, I can't think well, of anything There you go. I think, I think we're good yeah. raining on people's success grades. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And not, again, not all of them are bad. It's just the cultural context is the thing, really. Sure. And but okay. Yeah. Like, uh, to be fair, the two that you brought up, the two big ones, I don't like. But I also like, like, so grump, it grumps me out. But like, I all the big guys we love also have had manufactured careers of like, mm-hmm. you know, Nicolas Cage, even his like late 90s is all manufactured. It's like mainly like Bruckheimer been like oh we'll just put him in everything it's fun <laughs> I guess so yeah big push for stuff so uh but okay that's all for this week thanks for listening if you'd like to send in a question for a future show email rhino or nathanocovio.ca 
We're also on Hive and Instagram, OKVO Podcast. Uh, next week, we're getting tossed onto an island for a vicious battle to the death with The Condemned, a movie starring Stone Cold Steve Austin. I guess after the knees started getting weird. But anyway, uh, until then, I'm Nathan. And I'm Ryan. Bye-bye for now. I almost called him Steven Austin, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs>